0: Hi, this is Joe Peters from MomFed with Joe Peters. Welcome to the Spanglish World Network and the Her Network on Single TV Channels 250 and 251. If you are not uh, connected with me on Instagram, please go to Instagram at JoeUnicornCoach. Follow me. I handle my own social media channels. So if you want a specific topic, if you are struggling with something around motherhood, Send me a message, and I will find an expert like Samantha to help you in the topic that is giving you a hard time, Mama. I'm being um, I'm being the host of this show for over a year, and I'm being a coach for over 15 years after working on Fortune 100 companies like PepsiCo, Gucci, or Mind Valley. I start working with females, and especially on motherhood, with this channel because I really believe that the only way that we are going to change the world is if we as moms are empowered, strong, happy, joyful, and not burned out. So that is the purpose of MomFed, and I'm happy to have you here. Please remember also to download the Single TV app in the respective app stores on iOS and Android devices. While you download, make sure to rate and leave a comment. The app is free. Single TV is also available in Google Chromecast, Amazon Fire, Fire TV, roku and roku stick in all the smart tvs since 2016. Uh, today i am really excited welcome samantha we are going to be talking about one of the main things why i create Momfed and why i host experts and make this show every week how to stop surviving motherhood and start living a new motherhood re- uh, revolution um Samantha San Luis is a nurse clinic, clinic, clinician, as well as a childbirth educator, breastfeeding consultant, sleep educator, and parenting consultant. So she's one of those magical unicorns that is all in one. That if you have the luck to have as part of your team in your journey since you are pregnant, you are going to be in the best hands. As a mother of five children, age five and under herself, Samantha is immediately aware of the challenges mothers face daily and use her own teachings to navigate her life as a large family mom and an international business owner. Her prior research in epi- epigenetics focused on the relationship between na- nature and nurture on long-term health outcomes. She found that the most important protective factors were a mother and her child's early health. Yet, the support simply was not there. Mothers were sent to home with huge responsibilities, a little or no guidance. She made it her life mission to remedy this. In 2018, she found B Baby, a company that offers the Peace of Mind Parenting Program, the only all-encompassing parenting incubator, incubator support program, bringing together all the resources parents could ever need to achieve peace of mind. From getting children and their mothers better sleep, making daily life easier and take charge of the family health, B Baby has helped thousands of families around the world and continue to offer more services, programs, and volunteer educational service and more. So I am super honored to have Samantha here. Samantha, welcome. Thank you for being here. Thank you for this mission. Thank you for helping me and moms around the world to actually stop surviving and discover that it's a different way. Why we don't start with your story, a little bit of who Samantha is, how you get to here, what is that journey of you finding we don't have the support that we need and this is not okay. And then also I always ask my guests for a phrase. Your phrase was stop surviving and start thriving. So I think that that is connected with your story. So let's gonna start with the phrase and a little bit of who you are. And we will go from there
1: welcome to the show thank you for having me it's a pleasure to be here and to talk about these important subjects so um like you said earlier i'm a by trade my initial training was a nurse clinician so before having children i worked in all kinds of areas i started in the intensive care unit and i worked in pharmacology and research And I decided at some point that I wanted to study more, I wanted to learn more. And I ended up diving into epigenetics. And epigenetics is basically, everybody knows that you have a genetic code that sort of predisposes you to, you know, your hair color, your eye color, how tall you're going to be personality traits. But epigenetics is the relationship between your genetic code and what actually comes out at the end. Because even though I may carry, you know, a genetic gene to be tall, does not mean I'm actually going to be tall. So there's a relationship between your environment and actually what happens. And that's what we call nature versus nurture. And when I was looking at long-term health outcomes of, you know, people in general, the most important predictive factor of what was in the genetic code and what would actually come out at the end. We're talking you know cardiovascular disease mental health you know illnesses personality traits overall health even how tall you are everything went back to your health as a young baby and child and your mother's health was a huge uh predetermined factor so <clears throat> knowing this and at that point i was actually pregnant and expecting my first baby i thought well if this is so important there must be a vast, you know, array of resources for moms, I was a first time expecting mom. So I, you know, thought with rose colored glasses that, you know, uh, the healthcare system had me covered. And when I actually did a community outreach research to find out what those resources were thinking, I'm just going to put them in a document, right, so that moms can access it more easily. I found out that there was none. There was very little resources and the resources that were out there were poor quality, difficult to access and not trustworthy, right? A lot of consultants out there um, don't really have a specialty, you know, they'll do all the things, but they're not educated properly. They don't have a background. They don't have a team. They're just kind of like doing it, swinging it on the side and you never know, you know, what you're getting. And so by then I had my first baby and, you know, I'm a registered nurse clinician. So I figured I've learned about, you know, taking care of babies. I've taught women how to breastfeed. Um, And then I found myself awake at three in the morning, watching a YouTube video, trying to figure out how to breastfeed laying down because I was so tired and not being able to do what was on the video and crying in the middle of the night and my husband being super confused as to what was wrong. And I thought to myself, there has to be a better way. Like this, this can't be it. Like this can't be motherhood where everybody's just exhausted and overwhelmed and your nipples hurt and your head hurts and every part of your body hurts and you feel alone and you feel lost and you feel guilty or you feel ashamed that you're not doing well enough. And so, I remember going to sleep, you know, in 20 minute intervals at that time and telling myself, I'm going to fix this. I'm going to find a better way. There has to be a better way. Nobody's just putting the effort into it. I'm going to figure it out. Um, and that's how B baby ended up being created many, many years ago. Oh, I think you're muted.
0: I love that story. And I think that is so, so important because that is a story of so many of us. Like, I was knocking because I remember breastfeeding, having issues, crying at three o'clock in the morning, saying, What the F is this? And why nobody told me about this? And why so hard? Um, And one thing that I love about your message, because a lot of people and a lot of us had the Instinct part of how important is those first years for mom and baby, but I love how you are bringing also the science part of the epigenetics to actually realize. Because I I just get goosebumps when I get uh, in the hair in the top of my neck just get up when um, some of the traditional generation by generation things of. Let them cry or do these things that are not against our instincts. And then the answer is, well, I did that with you and you're perfectly fine. Yeah. Am I? <laughs> is the humanity perfectly fine right now? So I love how you are bringing that part of that uh, cutting edge research that says like, well, the definition of being well is a little more complex than what you define as somebody just Breeding, working, and functioning. Functioning is not being okay. So I love, love, love that. Let's going to talk a little bit about a topic that is very interesting. And is your statement of why motherhood has gained a bad reputation and how, how it has skewed our expectations. Because I think that that is coming into that part of the shame of us not talking about the real issues. And let's gonna dig into that bad reputation and what we can do to balance out our expectations, the moms to be, and the new moms that are watching us around the world.
1: I mean, if you think about it, if you ask any mother, most mothers, if when they were expecting their first baby or they had their first baby, um, if they heard some negative comments like "you will never sleep again," um, you know, "your marriage is gonna take a hit." Uh, your career, you know, is going to take a hit, or just like you think you're going to give birth without any drugs. You just wait, or you know, there's always this huge negative connotation about motherhood, and um, part of that leads mothers to actually expect motherhood to be hard, and when it does get hard, to tell themselves well they told me that's how it is so i'm just gonna like shut down on myself and i'm gonna survive instead of being like hold up this is not normal how do i get help and why is that that motherhood has this super bad reputation well first of all look at what we watch on tv i mean look at the shows representing moms they're all, you know, in sweatpants with, you know, stains all over their shirts. And I'm not saying I'm never in sweatpants with stains on my shirt, but that's what we see, you know, their marriages are falling apart. Their intimacy with their husbands is non-existent. Their careers are suffering. They're all drinking, you know, a huge amount of wine and, and smoking in the backyard without anybody seeing them at three in the morning. And, you know taking their children's Adderall or, you know, this is what we see in TV shows, right? This is what leads, you know, good viewership, if you will. So that's like the number one source. And then you see childbirth as this woman who suddenly loses her water spectacularly in a restaurant and within two seconds, you know, needs to be rushed by an ambulance to a hospital because she's going to die. Like it's always very, you know, dramatic. And so-
0: With that one, with that one, I I lead that one because I I identify with when I was going to birth, I want a natural birth. And then everybody was like, no, have your options open. And then very early in my pregnancy, I was like, "Uh -uh uh-uh-uh, I'm not going to see any videos. I'm not going to see any movies. Like I will not tell you how many times on classes of midwives and even movies. I just stand up and went to the bathroom to avoid the scene because all the scenes are these women screaming, painful, this is the worst thing. Ah." And I was like, I'm not going to predispose my brain that that is the only way. I'm not saying that some woman go there, but I love how you were saying, what you expect, you are more propensed to get So I completely resonate with that one. I was one of those that in classes, when they start showing the horrible videos about birth, I was like, bathroom, that's not my reality. Move on.
1: (laughs) It's funny you say that because I gave birth, you know, 10 days ago um, to my fifth baby here at home in a birthing pool. And my husband shot a little video of me towards the end without me knowing. And he gave it to me after and he said, you should show this to, you know, some expecting moms. And so I shared it in my group with a few people. Um, And the first thing these moms say is, I I didn't know birth could be that way. Because all you see is me inside of my little birthing pool with some cute little music in the background. And I'm literally singing through contractions, basically. You know, I'm singing moaning. um, And my eyes are closed and I'm going back and forth. And then once my contraction is over, I turn around and I ask a question to my husband and I drink water, you know, and it's not... There's not, you know, a mass of blood everywhere and 20 professionals in the room. And I'm not saying birth isn't like that sometimes, but it's just this is the the dramatic version is all we see. It's what we're fed. And then when you're pregnant the first time, I remember the day we told family we were expecting the first thing out of their mouth wasn't congratulations. It was, oh, my wife went into preterm labor when she was 26 weeks and baby almost died. And, you know, the neighbor hemorrhaged and none of these people know anything about childbirth, you know, none whatsoever. But the first thing they do is, is tell you all of the bad things that are gonna happen to you. I remember my husband's friend who was 30 years old, doesn't have any children, lives in his mother's basement telling me that if I gave birth at home, I was going to die. And if I breastfed, my boobs would be ruined and all kinds of things. And I looked at him, I was like, and you got this from where? Like, what, what's your expertise basis here? Like Netflix, I don't, you know, so it's just the Hollywood plus our family and friends as well intentioned as they may be. Um, And even our healthcare professionals contribute to this vision, right? If you, you know, I was a nurse, I was not taught in school um, in OBGYN, you know, that women could have fetal ejection reflex where they don't even have to push a baby out and the baby just comes out on its own. I was never taught that birth, you know, could be less painful if you let a woman go into warm water and it like really decreases pain sensations. Um, I was not taught that if you let a woman move around freely and the baby is malpositioned, chances are, if she's left to move the way she wants, she'll actually take the right position to shift her baby into place. You know, all of these things I ended up learning later on in additional trainings, but it was not part of healthcare professional training. And so even our doctors and our nurses as well-intentioned as many are, um, They live in a world of policies that are made by administrators and non-healthcare professionals. And so what they know is what, you know, the administrative bodies want them to know. So the fact is that women become mothers and this is what they expect. You know, there's the rosy colored glasses moms who think everything is just going to be like so easy. And then, you know, motherhood slaps them in the face like an 18 wheeler. And then there's, you know, the other mom who... I'm never going to sleep again. Breastfeeding is going to be horrible. Um, My marriage is crumbling. Um, I don't feel physically well. I have postpartum depression. I have all of these different things. But then she cocooned herself and thinks, well, this is just what motherhood is. And everybody else survives it without help. So what's wrong with me? And your next door neighbor, even though she's posting on Instagram, all these beautiful pictures at the park is thinking the exact same thing about herself. And so does the, you know, the mom at the next door and the next door and the next door. It's just that we're, we don't talk about it. We don't talk about how hard it is and solutions.
0: I love that because it's very emotional because it's very close to my heart as well. On my mission. And that is, I agree with the two, we have like two literally completely opposite groups and both of them are lacking information. Like for me, I work a lot in my my pregnancy, my birth, but then when I have all these troubles, I literally was very resentful of why nobody talked to me like this. And now I'm connecting the dots. Maybe some people say some things, but people are not sharing those things in a kind, loving way, trying to help you. So immediately your retal brain comes in and blocked information because I'm already growing kidneys and livers and, and hearts. You are not going to scare me. So you you cover it. I always make the joke that I truly believe that um, God designed us that after like six or eight months, our brain literally override and forget how challenging those first six, eight months are of you being sleep deprived and breastfeeding and all that. Because I believe that if we all remember all those details. We'd have one and be <laughs> Humanity will die. Like in yeah. two generations, we will not have humans because every mom will be like, I'm done. Um, but I also know that that other part of the moms that are very scared. And the reality is we don't have those village, that's community like the one that you are creating of saying, hey, Here is the risk and here's what you can do to prevent it. And if you cannot prevent it, here are some post situation solutions. This is what we can do. So it's not just throwing the hot potato to the mom and saying, go figure, or throw the hot potato to the mom, go and be scared to death of all this horrible thing that is going to happen. But that awareness that you are bringing that I think that is so important and and I love the message of the shame because it is so shameful for us. Because the other thing that society is showing is it should be natural. Like yeah. you should be a mom, like you should know what to do. You should be instantly in love completely with your baby. I was so ashamed the first couple of months because I was in such a postpartum depression, lactation issues, sleep deprived. That even when I was caring for him and and looking after him, I was not feeling that romantic care, bear love for that tiny creature. And then there was that, what is wrong with me? Why everybody else can do it and I don't? And I think that that shame is holding us from speaking up and saying, this is what is happening. This is a reality. So all the neighbors are
1: saying like, yep, yep, yep. And it's so true because every once in a while I'll do a live inside of my Facebook group and we'll talk about postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety. And I'll ask, you know, who here just like the post, or, you know, if you want to say you that you suffered from postpartum depression and there's a flood of comments that comes in. And then there's always that mom who says, Oh my God, I thought it was just me. I'm like, see, it's not just you. It's, a huge amount of people and it impacts a lot of moms you know take breastfeeding everybody says it's natural yes it is it doesn't mean it's easy
0: that is my favorite phrase ever that is natural doesn't mean that is easy the other one that has been changing completely and is being misused is motherhood is nature is natural uh-huh. well go just a 60 years in the past to not go too fast hundreds thousands of years in the past it was natural because every freaking mom had an entire village Mm -hmm. of elders grandmothers aunts cousins moms like every single man had at least four or five or six older women, and their grandmother had 12 kids so she knew what she was doing you know (laughs) And they were literally cuckooing that mom and and supporting not only the new the newborn but the newborn mommy. So yeah, it was natural because you have all that support. So your instincts were safe to flow with support. Take all that support and put you in a house far from your family, with very few friends, with everybody busy in their own thing. With unfortunately in countries like the United States, only five six weeks of not even pay, but live with a pay, nothing around that is natural for us to keep expecting moms to make motherhood natural and you are designed to do that. I was designed to do that with some characteristics and you take all of that. It's almost like, I always think like, it's almost like if you go into a job and they say, hey, you need to deliver this as the director of marketing and this is your team of designers, advertisers, PR, and you need to reach this million dollars. And then halfway through the year, they're like, oh, budget cutting. You don't have a team anymore. You don't have the advertiser. You don't have the graphic designer. But you still have to meet your target. You just completely changed my job. And you are expecting me to keep delivering the same way? Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense.
1: No, it doesn't. It really doesn't. And, and, and that's the thing is expectations on mothers today are at an all-time high because now you're expected to be the best, you can't just keep your children alive. You know, my grandmother says that well, she's like, back in my day, the only expectation was to keep my children alive. And she's like, if I kept 75% of them alive, I did good, you know? And she's like, today, the expectation is like, you're going to be the perfect PTA mom. Everything is going to be home cooked. Everything's going to be home soon. And you're, um, you need to make sure your children behave well, but you also need to never discipline them either. You can never raise your tone. You know, Your food has to be without chemical dyes and without this and without that and, da, 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 da. and your house has to be perfectly clean. But you also need to provide an income to the home because how unfair to leave that all up to your husband and please be a good wife and make sure you know, you're giving him enough and be a good friend and don't forget about your friends and make sure your mother-in-law feels included and your mother doesn't feel resentful. And, but we have no more support because most of our parents are still working full-time. They're unavailable. Um, you can't just walk out your door and knock on the neighbor's house and meet a mom who had 13 kids of her own who can come help you out. Nobody comes to do your laundry. Nobody brings you, you know, a meal train anymore. It's fairly rare. Um, like I just gave birth to my fifth. Nobody cooked a meal. Nobody brought anything. You know, it's been just me and my husband. We didn't even have somebody to watch the kids while I gave birth. So I made sure my body didn't start the process until my kids were in bed because, and then I was like, okay, countdown. I need to give birth before the morning because then they're going to wake up and it's going to be a mess. Right. And yeah. thankfully your body is really smart. And if you like psychologically tell yourself that most of the time your body's going to be like, fine, I'll start after bedtime.
0: And I want to put a point there because a lot of my focus in a lot of the shows is for first time moms, but I start like that a year ago. And as more as I learn, as I more as I interact, as more I'm expanding that, because that is another BS thing on society of when it's your first baby, everybody make the effort because it's the first. But mm-hmm. then after the second third, you know what you are doing. You don't yep. need extra support when actually after for example, you five under five, that is when you need the most support, not only for you, but for your family. But society is almost like a switch. Like with the first one, everybody do the baby shower, how we can help. Congratulations. This is so fa- fantastic.
1: After that, it's just like, oh, yep, you exactly. figure out. I didn't need a casserole with the first one. My husband could feed me, you know, with the fifth. That's when I needed the casseroles, you know. That's what I didn't want. So to my kids food.
0: can eat. Not only me, so my kids can eat.
1: Exactly. Like that was the time where I would have been like, yes, bring on the home cooked meals, you know, but it's, it's just motherhood is the expectations are at an all time high, but the support is at an all time low in the judgment and the unrealistic expectations are plagued everywhere. But at the same time, mothers will not reach out for help. And they feel bad, or they feel like they're lesser than if they need to hire a professional, you know, to help them in, in any way, shape or form, which I find ridiculous. Because if your husband can't unclog the toilet, he's going to call a plumber and he's not going to feel ashamed of that. You know, if he doesn't know how to change the oil in the car, he's going to you know, bring your car to a mechanic and not feel ashamed of that. Changing the oil in a car is damn a hot lot easier than breastfeeding a human baby, but he expects you to do it without any support from a professional. Does not make like, doesn't make any sense at all.
0: One of the things that I always tell my moms and I probably, you are going to be in the same path is I always talk about my moms as they are the head coach but any head coach had a team to support them. One of the best analogies that I have for Americans that are more familiar with uh, football is if you pay attention, there's a couple of clips where the head coach is paying attention to the game. And there is a coach that the only job is move the head coach because in the rules, if the referee hit the head coach, they penalize the team. So. The coach cannot be paying attention to all of that. The coach is paying attention to his players and he had somebody in his team that is paying attention to the referee. And when the referee is going his way, this guy just come and move the head coach. Yeah. So as I told that moms, that is what you need to think about. A lactation consultant, as a, as a sleep coach, um, a health coach, an emotional coach, a pediatrician, all those things are part of your support coaches. And one of the things that I told them because everybody like, oh, but that is too expensive. So I would tell them like, stop getting cute outfits that you're not going to, your baby's not going to wear. One of the things that I oh. love doing with my moms is add them to your registry, add them to your baby shower. Say, hey, this is my baby shower. This is my mama shower. I want to have um, uh, lactation consultant support. I want to have a postpartum doula that comes. Here are the places where you can donate. Instead of buying me a cute $35 outfit that my baby's going to wear twice, put mm-hmm. those we'll $35 into this postpartum doula box or this lactation consultant box so then I am knowing when I give birth that I don't freaking have to do this alone, that I have oh. this support team that I can connect with, that I have, can ask for help. Like, I will tell you, I never thought about postpartum doula as much. My bird doula was also my postpartum doula. And I was like, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Going far backward, backwards, I wish I had somebody like me telling me, schedule as much time as you can with the postpartum doula. So you have a break. So you have somebody with to talk with. So you have somebody to help you with the dishes or some uh, food. So it's it's...
1: And most family members, to be honest, and even as a friend, I would much rather contribute money to you getting support than for me to buy, you know... Uh, more baby face washes or, you know, the, the the baby wipe warmer that I know you're not going to use and you're going to hate, you know, and I, every time I see these baby registries, if, if you're not the first one buying off of it, you always end up with the stupid crap, you know, that, you know, mom doesn't really need. And you're like, I'm going to buy 10 $10 items, you know, for $100, but I don't feel like I'm contributing to her well-being, so then I organize, you know, meals to be delivered or something, so that I feel like I'm actually helping her in some way. But if they have a fund for a doula or a lactation consultant or anything, or even a fitness professional for, you know, in their postpartum, I'm like, I'm, I'm donating to that. Absolutely. Like, I'm going to put two fifty down here because that's really going to help her and that's really going to make her happy.
0: And the other one that that is a very easy thing to do is. Start changing, and this is a movement, start changing from baby shower to baby and mommy shower. Stop Mm -hmm. concentrating only on the baby. The mom is also a newborn, so that's the first one. But the other one is, okay, you may not have $250 to contribute or $100 to contribute to the phone. Moms, mom, no, the person that is building your baby shower, make sure that they have a list of how can you help and have a link in the baby shower. Hey, this is a sign up. This is a sign up sheet for all the things that mommy will need in the first three months. So delivering a meal uh, once per month. Laundry. Are, you, are you up to that? Sign up here. Laundry, are you up to that? Sign up here. So then very easy during pregnancy when everybody's in the flush of that, you can have people to let it, literally recruit people into your village to help you with things like laundry, uh, picking groceries. For me, was huge, stupid enough. I hate my husband doing the the lawn, the moan, like uh, cutting the grass. And he always freaking let spend like three hours. So for me, having somebody, one of my friends, boys, to come and do the job mean that my husband will be inside the house with me. That yeah. will give me peace. That will give me a break. So those are the kind of things that, we should not have to think about, but we need to start thinking when we are pregnant, because I think that you agree, when you get the baby and hats off for you mama, 10 days postpartum being here, doing all this amazing thing. But after you have the the baby, the level of clarity in your brain to think about all those details is going to evaporate. So as earlier you can do it, as more prepared you're going to be. And then if you are not there, if you are already in the middle of the storm, Know that there are people like Samantha that can hold your hand and say, okay let they're going to figure out this together. These are the next steps. You are not alone. We got this.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And when you want to help a postpartum mom, and this is what I tell family members all the time, do not help in the way you want to help. Help in the way that she needs you to help or she asks you to help, because oftentimes what you think is going to be helpful is not helpful to her. You know, one mom will ask you to hold the baby while she showers. Another mom will not want you to hold the baby. She'll want you to clean her dishes. And you don't get to say, well, I don't like to clean dishes, so stay home. Like, if I go see one of my friends who's postpartum, I'm like, give me all the dirty jobs that you don't want to do right now. And if you want to go take a nap, go take a nap. You tell me what you want. You know, I had a friend who had four children. I came into her house. She texted me. She went to sleep with her newborn. I took care of the three other kids. I washed her bathrooms. I did her laundry. I cleaned up her kitchen. And I made three meals. I fed her kids. And I froze the rest of the meals. You know?
0: I already had to do
1: that at home for myself. But I'm not here to do something enjoyable like hold the baby. I'm here to do what she needs for me to do.
0: And... I love that approach. The other one that I always suggest is, moms be willing to say that. If you are not a mom and you're watching this, please help us to spread this. Do not ask a new mom, how can I help? A new mom holding a baby with maybe three hours of sleep, still recovering, still sometimes in pain with nipples. She doesn't have the brain capacity to think when you ask a new mom that you are making another task for her to take care of. So 99.9% of the moms answer will be, it's okay, we are fine. And what that means is not we really are fine. What that means is I'm so exhausted that I really don't have freaking time and energy to think how you can help me. So if you go to a mom, do what Samantha did. Just jump in. If you go to the house and you see the the, the dishes, um, the sink pile, just roll your mm-hmm. sleeves and go and clean it. Say, hey, how is your laundry? I'm going to just go and do a load of laundry. If, you, if your mom, if the mom is not working with Samantha or me or somebody like us that had already a list of things, these are the things that you can help me with, please don't ask just take action. Just do something. Just go and, and and do something. Groceries, even some flowers, because the reality is that I believe that what I can do, even if it comes from a nice perspective, is also an easy way out because majority of the time we know that the mom is going to be like, it's okay, we are fine. So yeah. it's almost like, oh, Check, I ask, nothing to do. No, that's gonna put our hands dirty because that mom is not okay. That mom needs help. That mom is doing way more that any human being is supposed to be doing. That mom is dealing with a newborn while is still trying to survive what is using war as a war torture that is a sleep deprivation. Um, this is gonna go into the second topic, Samantha. I love talking with you so much. Um. This is also very close to my heart and is why you talk about your new paradigm on par- motherhood. And that is moms do not have to choose. I can be the best mom that I can be and also be the best me that I can be. And I don't have to selfless put myself down or stop caring about me because now I'm a good mom, because I need to be a good mom. Yeah. Can I talk a little bit about that BS and how these moms can start feeling that they can have it both. That they can have it all.
1: I think there's a big message when it comes to motherhood that you know motherhood is all-consuming and sacrificial. And I always tell moms, I always ask moms the same question, and, and it sort of like reframes it a little bit. And I'll I'll do it with you, for example. So, Joe, yo, would you gladly jump in front of a bus to save your children? Would you die for your children?
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: And so most moms absolutely will say yes. And then I look at them and I say, here's the thing. Nobody asks you to die for your children today, but are you willing to live for your children too? Because the thing is, yes, we're willing to die for our children. We're willing to be sleep deprived. We're willing to be in physical, emotional, and mental pain We're willing to sacrifice our physical bodies, our careers, our friendships, you know, literally anything. We will put down anything on the ground for our children. However, in day-to-day life, this is not what is being asked of mothers. This is not a requirement. What your kids need is for you to be the best version of you that you can possibly be because you are their example of what life is gonna be like. And I always ask mom when she needs support, but she refuses to get support or she thinks that she shouldn't need support. I tell her, I want you to close your eyes and imagine your daughter 20 years from now, she just had her first baby. She's trying to breastfeed and her nipples are bleeding and she's crying in pain in your arms. And she tells you, you know, I found a breastfeeding consultant, for example, Uh, but I have to spend money on that and I shouldn't need this help. What would you tell her? Would you tell her, Oh my God, stop. Where's the invoice. Let me pay for it. Like you, you need to get help. I'm not going to allow you to suffer this way. It's unnecessary, right? If this is what you would tell your daughter, make sure that that is what you do and you show her because children do not listen. They watch, And so so if throughout their life, they see you neglecting yourself, sacrificing your well-being, damaging your marriage, abandoning your dreams and your goals and everything in the process, then this is what they imagine parenthood to be like. And that is what they will replicate with their own children, you know? Don't talk the talk, dance the dance. And the reality is that being the best version of yourself in your emotional, physical health and your careers and your dreams and your goals and your ambitions in your mental health will make you a much better mom because it is true that you can't pour from an empty cup. You know, if you are feeling self-fulfilled, if you have projects of your own. If you feel physically well because you're getting enough sleep and you're eating well and you're having a little bit of time to yourself, when you are with your children, you're going to be much more patient. You're going to be much more fun. Don't forget to be fun. You know, we're not supposed to always be the bad cop. We get to have fun with our kids, too. You're going to be, you know, a lot more relaxed and they're gonna talk to you openly a lot more. It just, it changes, you know, the dynamic. Your kids don't expect you to be perfect and for the laundry to always be perfect. They expect you to be a happy, healthy person because you're a reflection of how they will live life. So if you tell yourself, I'm not allowed to pursue this goal, I'm not allowed to pursue this career, not allowed to spend time in the gym taking care of myself what your children are learning is well it's bad to invest in myself um having dreams is just for dreaming at night i need to choose a career that's you know safe even though i don't like it and all of these different things and i'm sure we can all relate back to a time in our life when we were young you know i remember i was 15 years old and instead of choosing an avenue of career that I thought I was going to love. I sat down and thought to myself, well, you know, I'm going to need to move out at 17. So it has to be something I can graduate quickly. It has to bring in, you know, X amount of money for me to be able to live safely. It has to be, you know, a job that never goes out of style, right? There's always a need for it. It can't be too long. It can't be too expensive. And that's what I was taught. My parents didn't do what they loved. And
0: I think that that is part of our responsibility as an ability to respond of breaking that generational pattern because the reality is that is what our grandmas and moms and great grandmas did and grew up with. Like I always shared this in my shows when we get to this point, but it drives me crazy with my mother-in-law. When my mother-in-law come to visit, she loves cooking. I don't, so I love it because then she cooked the entire week that she's here. almost never she sit down to eat with us a warm meal she put the food for everybody and then the 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 comment is start eating while it's warm i still need to finish things in the kitchen and then everybody's eating and she's still doing things i'm like mom no come and eat with us that can wait but is that part of what you were saying that being a mom requires sacrifice, that uh, as more I sacrifice, as more I give more to you than me, as better mom I am. And I think that is a matter of us with all this awareness that we have now to say, that's not true. And I really resonate with what you said is kids don't listen, kids watch. So you cannot want to, and that is something that I always say too, is what do you want your kid to be? Brave, strong, kind, um, successful, powerful put all the things that you want your kid to do and then ask yourself am I doing that am I showing my kid that and if the answer is no then I'm sorry mom but your kid is not going to be what you want your kid is going to be a version of you depressed sad sick Mm -hmm. because that is what he or she grow up seeing as normal as what love look and One that is even more close to my heart, the chance of allowing your kids to be prey of narcissists and abusers, because as more they see that concept of love means suffering, love means pain, because she loved me, she's suffering, because she loved me, she put me as the easier prey they're going to be to these abusers, to these narcissists, because when they go to this relationship and they start being abused and they start suffering and being in pain, their little guys yeah. are going to be like, well, this is what my mom did with us. So this is normal. This is love.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and, and changing the paradigm of motherhood. And this is what I always tell moms is I'm the product of my own product. And so, um, you know, I had five kids in five years, which, you know, to most people sounds absolutely brutally insane. Um, my marriage is even healthier now than it was years ago. Like we love each other more and more and more with every child. I mean, obviously we had a lot of alone, intimate time. If we had time to make five children, you know, um, during that time, I built a very successful company. I was able to retire my husband. I was able to immigrate us from Canada to Florida, which was a long time dream of ours. Um, we travel, we lived on an island for, you know, two summers in a row. Um, We've been to Italy, you know, and, and we're living a dream life that we wanted to create and we created. And I'm not exhausted. I'm not overwhelmed. I'm not, you know, struggling with postpartum depression I'm here with you 10 days postpartum. And and the reason I say that is not like, if you can't do that, you know, shame on you. What I'm saying is there's a different way to experience motherhood. It doesn't need to be this hard. It doesn't need to be so painful and it doesn't need to be so lonely. But the thing is, motherhood is the most challenging, demanding profession. Yes, profession that you will ever have in your life. It's 24 seven. And you don't get to quit and if you think back to whatever job you're doing you know let's say you're an accountant you got an education right in order to become an accountant you were given tools to do your job well and right and you probably got some guidance and mentorship from teachers and somebody on the job initially to transition you right and that's just your nine to five well how is it that the job that you do 24 7 that has the highest stakes in the world That you can't quit. You don't get education. You don't get any tools. And you don't get guidance and mentorship. How does that make sense? It is the most challenging. The most demanding. Lifelong commitment you will ever make in your life. But you give birth. And like 24, 72 hours at most. If you had a C-section. They will literally kick you out of the hospital. Give you this tiny ass useless pamphlet. You know, there's nothing really useful in there and let's be honest and they tell you good luck don't mess it up but also we don't know how to do it so here's a pamphlet you know and then you're sent home and you you're you're alone and you can't you won't even tell your husband how much you're struggling because he'll think of me as less of a woman you know um If his mother-in-law, if his mother suffered in silence, you know, he thinks motherhood is easy. If his friends had babies before you guys did, and all he saw was her looking great, you know, once a month and thinking she was doing fantastic, but in secret, she was eating chocolate in her closet crying. He thinks motherhood is easy. So you're not going to tell him. I mean, what is he going to think of me? Right? And you don't tell your friends and you don't tell your mom and you don't tell your neighbor and you don't tell any, and, and so you just...
0: I think survive. that the biggest message here is, I loved your message and is stop surviving. It doesn't have to be hard. You just need to make sure that you are in the right circle with the right <laughs> support. Samantha, I cannot believe that the time is up. I will love, love, love for you to share how... The mommies can connect with you if they are pregnant, if they are in the first couple of years, if they are struggling, or if they preventively don't want to struggle. Very briefly, before we close the show, how they can connect with you?
1: Very easy. You can send a quick email to info at bbaby.ca. So b e baby, right? B e b a b um, y dot c a, and just let us know that you need contacting. Or you can message us at 561-814-3340. We also have a a Facebook group called Be Baby Family. So any which way you search us, you'll find us. And you can just send a help message and we'll understand. (laughs) Thank
0: you so much, uh, Samantha. It was a pleasure and uh, such an honor to have you here as not only a beacon of light for what is possible, but also the inspiration that it really can be that we can have it all. We just need to figure out that we don't need to do it all and that it doesn't have to be hard. So moms, go and follow Be Be Baby Mom, Samantha, and also join Unicorn Coach on Instagram and all the social medias. This show can also be heard in the Spanglish Radio Network. Please check out www.spanglishworld.ca for all the news and programming. Spanglish World. Watch it, hear it, Read it, download it, and leave it.